and welcome to the Business and Pleasure podcast, the show that discusses what it's really like to be a digital nomad. We talk about the ups and the downs, the lessons learned, and the big discussion about whether you can really have it all. Today, we have Holly Lambert on the show. Holly is a software engineer and no-code developer who has spent the last 19 months working and traveling around Asia and South America. Welcome to the show, Holly. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Of course. So let's get straight into it and let's talk about the very beginning. Can you tell us what you were doing before you became a digital nomad and why did your digital nomad journey begin? I majored in human sexuality in college. So I originally was planning on becoming a sex and relationships therapist and that's still truly where my passion lies. But after college, I did a gap year and that's when I discovered coding. And coding led me down this totally different path. I knew that I wanted to do the digital nomad life because my family and I grew up Mm -hmm. traveling. And so it feels very natural to me to be living on the road. We lived in many different countries when I was younger. And I went and did a coding boot camp in order to become a software engineer. And afterwards was living in Chicago where I got my first job and had actually told my boss I want to work remote. I want to be able to travel right in January of 2020. And then the pandemic happened and we joked that the world (laughs) pretty much made it so that I got my wish. And after that, (laughs) I spent some time back in Hawaii where I'm from because it felt unsafe Mm -hmm. to be traveling right at the beginning of the pandemic. And then in October 2021 is when I took off and started my digital nomad journey. And were you still uh, working for the same company when you started your journey? I had moved on to my second job by then. It was a startup based in New York that was a sobriety startup, which I'm sober myself, so Mm -hmm. super passionate about that. But they allowed me to work remotely, which I was very appreciative of. You mentioned that uh, when you were growing up, your family moved around a lot. I've spoken to a few people and that was their upbringing as well. And they've now been digital nomads for years and years and years. But but it was the same for me when I was younger. My family, we moved around to a few different countries as well. And as a family, we've all been really excited by travel and that's sort of been the main focus but it's interesting to hear that lots of the digital nomads have that sort of same upbringing. Your company allowed you to begin the digital nomad journey. How did you navigate the change in lifestyle? For me I kind of figured out the style of travel that worked best for me so Eventually, I figured out that was living in co-living, but at first I experimented with Airbnbs and hostels, and I found that living in co-livings gave me that ready built-in community, which I was craving while I was traveling. And then I also had that co-working space, which provided me space to work that was more stable than bopping around from different coffee shops. So keeping a routine and then co-living, I'd say were the, the key to my a happy digital nomad life. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because like he said, I think it's finding what works for you, but also you need that stability. I think when you're sort of jumping around constantly, if it's like a home hostel to an Airbnb to a hostel again, which is mainly what I do. Sometimes you, you feel like you're restarting again and you have to reset your mind into back into the work where if you are going from even if you are going from co-living to co-living, you sort of understand how it works. People are there to work, but also socialize as well. It's the nice 
nice in between. When did you realise that the co-living was the right way to approach the digital nomad life for you? A couple of months into it. And then I also would book co-livings for at least a month. I think that was key as well, because I just realized after you spend your first week kind of figuring out where am I? How do I pay for things? Like how do I get to where I'm going? And so you really lose that first week and then you need at least a month to really feel like you're settled in. And I found out about co-livings through word of mouth after I did my first one talking to other people. There's Mm. I would say a group of digital nomads who like this is their preferred style of traveling. So once I was in a co-living, I talked to others, they recommended others, and then I kind of just went from there. That's great. And what would you say your biggest learning is from your 19 months of being a digital nomad? I think there's a lot of power in traveling as a solo woman. So it gave me just a lot of confidence and Mm -hmm. trust in myself that I could figure out anything in any kind of situation because travel is very unpredictable. And it also makes life very vibrant. (laughs) Like I was able to connect with people and find Mm. I'm I'm sober, I'm queer, I'm polyamorous, I don't want kids, I want to travel. So life in a normal life, I would say, I just come across less of those people. And it was really important for me when traveling that I set good boundaries because as someone who doesn't drink and is more of like an extroverted introvert, I would say, a lot of travelers Mm -hmm. do spend a lot of time like going out to bars and just even in normal life, I come across that as well. But that was another big takeaway that I had for myself was set good boundaries with like what I want to do when I'm traveling. And I guess that's why co-living works even more because with a lot of hostels, not all of them, but a lot of them, it is very like the typical traveller party vibes, which is great sometimes. But when you're in the working digital nomad headspace, it's not always ideal. That makes sense. How did you start setting those boundaries? Was it something you already knew that you needed to do? I found that I've been sober now almost seven years. So I did have like prior practice with telling people like, no, I just want to do my own thing for the night. But and I found it uh, easier in different environments, like definitely in the co-living environment. It's easier, I would say, because there's less group pressure that everyone has to be doing everything together. I did Mm. also do a group called Wi-Fi Tribe, which is kind of like a traveling co-living experience, I would say, like you interview, you join, and then every month they have different chapters in different areas of the world. And I had a good experience in that and met a lot of people because you're in a group, you're kind of doing things more like all in a group as opposed to in a co-living or a hostel, everyone's an individual. Yeah, that's really cool. I've not heard of that before. That's really interesting. I would recommend Wi-Fi Tribe for new digital nomads because I think it's a great way to Mm. kind of get your footing when you're first starting out because they will book the place. You're in a ready-made group of people. They figure out the Wi-Fi and kind of the tricky things. And then a lot of people that I know, they'll connect with others in the tribe and then go on to travel solo with those friends that they've made. So really good to create connections and get going if you are early in your digital nomad journey. Having that type of community in place is such a brilliant thing because it is such a a change in lifestyle. If you, that's amazing. I think that's a really great community to for people to look into maybe even before they get into their their journey, even if they're just thinking about it, because it's 
like that bit of safety, a bit of a safety net there. Yes, it's almost all women, <laughs> actually, because I was oh, curious why that was. Yeah, but they say because women are a little bit more nervous of traveling solo. I wouldn't yeah. say there is like a equal kind of ratio of people that they're trying to source, but it just naturally ends up being a lot more women because we like to travel in groups. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. And what would you say your biggest wins are from your time traveling? I had some great experiences, just like truly unforgettable. And a lot of them I realized were in nature. So hiking and I met so many wonderful people and also my partner. So I think I just would never have come across these people or made these connections if I wasn't getting out of my little bubble. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And what would you say the biggest benefit of coming out of your bubble is? It exposes you to new ideas, things that you would have not like thought of or learned if you stayed at home. And I think that it's really important for people to travel because that's how that we can expand our mindsets and just have a more connected world Mm -hmm. where we empathize with each other because we've experienced other people's cultures. It's such a an amazing thing to be able to travel and meet different people and find out new things and learn new things and when it comes to your biggest losses from your time of being a digital nomad what would you say they are there haven't been too many losses um I did lose my job (laughs) but that was unrelated to being a digital nomad completely (laughs) so I was nomading for around I think six months and my company just Mm. decided to lay off our entire engineering team and at the time I was upset because it was my dream job but it turned out to be such a gift because I think if I hadn't have been nomading I wouldn't have taken a break I just would have gone right into the next job because I would have felt more pressure and I've never taken a break in my adult life so I took this as a sign like it's okay you don't have to be in hustle culture like just experience life and it was a really beautiful gift because it allowed me to experience a style of travel that is a bit different from when you do have a full-time job when you're in the adult stage you're sort of just either in a comfortable job or you're just jumping from job to job and you don't give yourself that time to Mm -hmm. let everything settle take everything in all the learnings from that job what what you really want from your next job it's the pressure to you know keep keep it going which Mm -hmm. makes sense what did you learn in that time where you could sit back and like just gave me time and space to take some courses like experiment with things that I wouldn't have otherwise Amazing. and sent me on a whole other career path that I don't think I would be going down now if not for that <laughs> you just never really know what's gonna happen that's what I enjoy about being a digital nomad as well exactly keeps you on your toes for sure <laughs> Uh, Do you have any advice for any budding digital nomads? I do. I have a lot of advice. So (laughs) one app that I found really valuable that I enjoy using is called Nomad List. So you do have to pay for it. But when you are subscribed, you get access to a Slack group and then they have channels for each place. So that was a really valuable resource for me to be able to ask questions about the country I was going to. And then you can also have a profile where you chart out your trips. So I liked being able to see my friends on the platform Mm -hmm. and like where they're going to be. Another group that I really liked is called Nomad Soulmates on Facebook. And I recommend this to all of my single digital nomad friends because 
you post nice. a photo and like a little blurb about yourself and then people can comment and I think that is a really cool resource because dating as a digital nomad can be tricky. Um, And then just Mm -hmm. Facebook groups in general were really valuable. So whenever I was going to a new place, I'd always look like, is there a digital nomad group for this place? I really like the service Onward Ticket. So there's a lot of scam ones, but specifically Onward Ticket's really helpful. So when you're entering a country, a lot of times they want you to have a return flight. And I don't always know when I'm leaving or where I'm even going when I leave that country. So (laughs) I use that service to, it just creates a a real ticket, but one that is canceled within 24 hours that you can use. Also a service called Airlo for eSIMs, digital eSIMs. I discovered this like a year into my digital nomading, but it's such a gift because I always purchase a eSIM that I have preloaded on my phone. So when I land yeah. in the country, I at least have a gigabyte of data. And that's so important. Like some of my most stressful moments and frustrated moments are being in the airport and not having data and having to figure out this new country. I really like an app called Flighty. So I use that to have all of my flight information because if you're going from country to country, it can be stressful, like just coordinating your flights, making sure that everything's on time. And yeah, I could go on and on and on, but. (laughs) Yeah, this is great. (laughs) I get this question a lot too. So I think I should kind of like compile all these things into maybe a blog post. (laughs) Yeah, this is brilliant. This is great because I've heard about a few of these and I've used a few of these before and just recently again. So I've been a digital nomad now for over a year. And I just the other day I heard about eSIMs and I was like, how am I only just getting to grips with this now? I'm so behind Life the time. changing. But yeah, that's brilliant. It's amazing how all of these little things make such a big difference as well because when you are traveling and you know you may not be as planned and it can quickly sort of feel like it's unraveling so having those little things in place you know will actually make a massive difference so you should definitely write a blog post on it yeah I love um sharing my knowledge with others and like inspiring others to become digital nomads themselves because I think some people are just scared to take that leap and it is scary but it's such an amazing lifestyle are there any platforms or software that you use when it comes to work well we used slack which is pretty standard uh, for all startups but one thing that i did do was i ported my us phone number to google voice because i was not no longer using my us sim card and that allowed me to receive phone calls and Mm -hmm. texts through the google voice app and that was important because i didn't make a plan for this when I left the country, but then I quickly realized all of my bank accounts yes. and important things are still tied to this phone number. So I need access. Yeah. And I didn't want to pay for a plan because I, there's not really a good worldwide plan for phones. <laughs> so porting that no, number over to Google voice made a big difference for communication. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's a really good point actually. Cause it's, again, it's all those little things. If you have a problem with your bank or, you need to call insurance or something like that and they need your phone number can be a headache like swapping in the sims and all of that my next question is can you have it all can you have a balance of business and pleasure I think that you can and I really love being a digital nomad I just turned 30 so as I get a little bit older, I'm just thinking more of where I would potentially want to have a home base in the future. And I think my ideal lifestyle mm-hmm. would be 
live somewhere for six months and then travel six months out of the year. And the only reason I haven't made that home base yet is because I haven't found the place. So I'm just going to keep traveling until I find yeah. it. <laughs> but I think I, that's kind of a common theme Definitely. I hear from a lot of nomads as you uh, just get a little further into your nomad journey. It would be nice to have a more long-term community in one place and then still have that freedom to travel. Definitely. So what's next for you, Holly, when it comes to work, when it comes to being a digital nomad? Yeah, so I'm currently with my partner in Texas. We are here visiting his family for a few months and we met in Oaxaca, Mexico at the beginning of the year. So (laughs) digital nomad romance. And we are planning to do a road trip across the U.S and then go into Canada and spend the summer there. So I'm excited because it's a different style of travel than I've done before. I've been flying from country to country and this will be, yeah, just a new adventure. Yeah, that's really exciting. And then what about when it comes to work? What are you working on at the moment? Yeah, so I'm transitioning from code to no code. One thing that I realized while I was traveling and interacting, I did some like pro bono consulting was just the power of no code tools. And I interviewed with about a dozen companies at the beginning of the year, and I was just spoiled by the freedom and flexibility, (laughs) I realized, of not having assigned meetings, and I want to be able to work in any time zone. So doing freelance Mm. work now really allows me to work asynchronously, which is what I want. I would take freedom over money these days. (laughs) Amazing. Well, I have a few quick fire questions for you just to wrap up the episode. Your favorite country you visited? The hardest question ever. (laughs) Uh, Thailand, Chiang Mai, Thailand specifically. (laughs) Great place to be a digital nomad as well. Your favorite dish you've eaten? Durian, which is really controversial because people either love it or they hate it, but I absolutely love it. That's interesting. I'm on the side of can't (laughs) smell it, can't eat it. (laughs) That's interesting. Uh, Biggest sacrifice? I would say routine. And I think that is one of the things I've really tried to establish as I am traveling, but really change is the only constant when traveling. (laughs) Yeah. So when it comes to your routine, when you are traveling, do you have anything sort of set in stone to help you? Definitely open to the flexibility. But one thing that I find really grounding is journaling. So that was a non-negotiable for me in my routine. And as I've been looking back at my entries, even from the past 19 months, it's amazing what we forget and having that record to look back on. Like I've highly recommend it to people it's just beautiful to see your growth over time and all these beautiful experiences you've had yeah and I think that's um a really good bit of advice because when you are a digital nomad sometimes it can feel like everything's moving so quickly mm-hmm. and you you do forget some amazing things that happen and it just almost weirdly becomes the norm so having that that book that you can just look at everything and remind yourself of where you once were where you are now what you've been through all of the experiences are really nice thing yeah I use an app (laughs) called day one and it is also a phone app so sometimes I'll write an entry just when I'm like stuck in a customs line like at an airport or you can add photos so (laughs) really like that ability when it comes to your travel 
I know we've sort of mentioned it's nice staying for longer. When you were traveling, were you staying in places long enough that you needed to sort out a visa or extend visas? Or were you quite planned in your approach to that? Usually I was staying for the 30 days or three months or whatever the entry visa requirement was. But in Thailand and Mm. in Bali, I did extend my visa it's something you definitely want to plan ahead for because usually they are not simple experiences. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I've, I've been very lucky that I've been able to get away with tourist visas. And I am more of a planner researcher. So I always check that before I enter a country. And then my final question, what was the one thing you missed when you were a digital nomad? Okay, this is kind of a silly answer, but I miss having a closet and a bookshelf (laughs) because I'm a big reader. So now I read everything digitally and I am a minimalist. So I have uh, just a carry on that I travel with. I don't ever check a bag, but that also means that I can only have kind of one of everything. So (laughs) I definitely do miss just the ability to go to a thrift store and be like, I'm going to buy these five things because now I have to be like, if I buy this one thing, I have to get rid of this one other thing. yeah oh wow I want to be you in the travel it's funny that's my aim just like have a carry-on and just just be gone so mm-hmm. that's amazing <laughs> how did you even approach that it was a learning experience and I kind of halfway through my travels made a stopover yeah. in the U.S. so I was able to reshuffle and by that time I had learned but for me what was a big like very important was just having lots of foldable bags so I have an away suitcase that I travel with and it has yes a carry-on that can go underneath the seat as well and then I have a foldable collapsible backpack a foldable collapsible purse and um and having a laptop stand and like I I do have a good setup for work because I think that's super important Mm -hmm. and I have my iPad as my second monitor so just having lots of collapsible foldable things is basically the secret (laughs) (laughs) that's great I feel like you need to do you need to do a blog post Holly there's a lot of important valuable knowledge and information you have that would massively help loads of people because you've mentioned loads of things and I'm like remember remember you need to do this (laughs) I will I will that is actually that's one of my goals for the upcoming years my dream was to always be a writer so I want to I'll I'll start by creating these blog posts (laughs) yes share them with me straight away yeah mm. oh amazing well thank you so much for joining us Holly I really appreciate you coming on here and I like I said I feel like I've learned a lot so I've got lots that I need to put into my digital mad life now but yeah thank you so much I'll include all of your information in the show notes it's been great thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you again soon A big thank you to Hacker Cabin because they are sponsoring the podcast. Hacker Cabin is an amazing community that you don't want to miss out on. It's a community for remote workers and digital nomads and bootstrap founders. So if you fit into one of these categories, you should definitely get involved. Hacker Cabin allows you to share your updates, questions, and have some amazing discussions with the rest of the community. Sometimes being a digital nomad can be extremely hard and super lonely, speaking from experience. Hacker Cabin really makes me feel like I'm part of something. It's an extremely welcoming community and I love being a part of it. Don't miss out on this amazing group of people. We even have a brilliant membership offer for you with discount code LYDIA10 to get 10% off your Hacker Cabin membership. 
Thanks so much, Hacker Cabin.